When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey y'all, and welcome to Soft Rock Unladylike, the show that finds out what happens when women break the rules. I'm Caroline. I'm Kristen, and a couple months back, we decided to do a little experiment. Try our hand at being old school radio hosts. You know, Delilah style. Thanks for your calls tonight, Castleton and Greenwood. We're playing soft rock for a busy world. I'm Delilah on B105.7. Okay, Caroline, back to our normal voices. (laughs) So we opened up our Unladylike hotline for two hours and took every call that came through recording it live. Some of y'all wanted advice. Some of y'all wanted to share things with us. And some of y'all just wanted to say hey. Yeah, and it was so energizing to hear from folks and to actually get to talk to some of you beautiful unladies. Yes, and you allowed us to share ourselves and, you know, maybe overshare <laughs> with all of y'all too. So today, we're bringing you a condensed version of our hotline bling because we want to know what's on your mind. All right, Caroline, the unladylike lines are open. We've got some callers. Yep. First up, we have Catherine. Catherine, you're on the line. Hi. It's so cool to get to talk to you guys. It's cool to talk to you. How's it going? Good. So I have a question. Lately, I've been debating whether or not I should try to get back together with my ex. And I was wondering if you guys thought that was ever a good idea or if you have any stories about it. I think it can be a fine idea, depending on the circumstances around the breakup. Mm-hmm. So follow-up question, what's your hesitation around it? Uh, no, I think it's been like almost too long. It's like nine months ago, and the initial relationship was only like five, six months. So I feel like he's probably over it by now. Oh, so you're thinking about like reaching back out to him and seeing if there's still a, a spark? Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who broke up with him. Oh, I've oh. been in this situation. Okay, it didn't go well. Um, but I'm not saying I'm not saying oh. that it will go badly for you. I'm saying that I I did it knowing that he was already dating someone else. Um, Ooh, I kind of I I threw caution to the wind. It was one of the, you know you know when you're sitting on a feeling and you're like if I don't fucking say this like I'm going to die. Um, yeah, and, that's me right now. Yeah, so I told him how I felt and he was like you know I I really appreciate that but like I am with this girl now you know and I like her and things are going all right that's kind of how it ended 
yeah, which leads to my question for you, Catherine, of why did you uh, why did you break up with this person? Well, also kind of stupid reason. Um, I was leaving for study abroad. And also at this time, I had it in my head that couples should do everything together. And I was definitely the more extroverted side of that relationship. I felt like if he didn't want to go to parties, like go out and drink or whatever, we just couldn't make it work. But now I'm questioning that outlook. Hmm. Well, okay. One thing that I will say about the um, the socializing thing, having to do the socializing for the both of you, I would think twice about that because you're not going to change his his style. Yeah. But I think it's all all about like weighing weighing the things that you really like and that you miss versus the reasons why you decided that it was time to part ways. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I think that there's you know it the stakes are kind of low because honestly what's the worst that could happen he could say hey you know what i've moved on and you could say cool now now you know what to do you know then you have your direction yeah Yeah. i think i might have to to see where it goes well good luck to you like uh, from (laughs) from someone who's been there like good luck and please take comfort in the fact what Kristen just said of like either way after you guys talk like you will have your answer Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your help. Well, thanks so much for calling in, Catherine. Thanks. Bye. Have a good day. You, you too. too. Bye. All right. Next up on the line, we have Natasha. Hi, Natasha. Thanks so much for calling on Ladylike. Hi. How are you guys? Good. good. How are you? I'm good. I wanted to ask you guys, what do you do? Say you're like out in like a social situation and everyone's having fun and it's fine. And then... Someone says something that is sexist or racist, homophobic, transphobic, and it's just a comment, like a throwaway comment, and you're just sitting there and you're like, do I stop everything and call them out, or do I like just let this one go, and then you live with like the feminist guilt of like not having spoken up? Like, What do you guys do in that situation? Okay, this just happened to me. So I was at a wedding shower not too long ago, and a girl who, you know, she's not a friend of mine. I've met her once. I don't know her. Um, She made a very questionable comment, and nobody was down with what she was saying, but nobody was saying anything to get her to stop. And I finally just turned to her. Like, I physically turned my body towards her, and I said, what's your problem? Do you just like to make people angry? Now, granted— There was very little conflict there for me personally, and there was very little social fear. Um, So I didn't feel weird about calling her out on her really weird commentary. Um, That can be a little harder, though, when perhaps it's someone you're close to or someone maybe you work with. So, um, yeah, maybe Kristen has has some thoughts. Yeah, if you—I think there's a lot of power in questions, Mm. um, but if— directly asking what is your problem feels too confrontational <laughs> uh i think simply asking why why do you think that or why is that funny because mm-hmm. a lot of times these comments yeah. you know come across they're supposed to be jokes haha and there is no quicker way to disarm and diffuse a racist, sexist, all of the ists joke than just simply ask someone, like, why is that funny? Right. Yeah, do you feel, like, maybe uncomfortable speaking up 
because of your like relationship to these people? Yeah, like oftentimes it's like um, either like friends that I kind of have like quite a casual relationship with. So we don't really have that kind of like relationship where you can call them out and it make it uncomfortable and then get past it. And sometimes it's like, oh, like my family, because I live, I live in Chicago, but I'm from England. So I only see them like, I mean, a couple of times a year. So you're in a situation with them and they say something and I'm like, oh, it's Christmas Day. And I don't want to be the person <laughs> who just marches in and goes, well, actually, grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I think I really do agree with Kristen in that particular case, especially like if it is your grandfather just being like, why? Because it helps. It helps. You learn more and get insight and also challenge without being a jerk. But maybe, hopefully, it also helps them kind of think through this baggage that they're carrying. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much for your help and also for the podcast, the book, everything you guys do. Well, thank you, Natasha. That's that's really nice to hear. Take care. All right. Next up, we have Becca. Hey, Becca. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. No, thanks for, for doing this. So is there anything on your mind that you wanted to ask us about today? There is, yes. So um, I personally sometimes struggle with, um, you know, that anxiety, self-doubt kind of like hold over maybe from like garbage programming. And I was wondering if you all ever struggle in terms of self-esteem or confidence and how you work to combat that? Yeah. Yeah. Short answer. (laughs) Short answer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's so much garbage programming. I mean, think about like Kristen and I have been podcasting together for a long time. We've done a lot of research. We, We know just like you do in our logical brains that we have so much patriarchal societal baggage that we are dealing with that is influencing maybe how we feel about ourselves, our bodies, what have you. Um, but logic isn't always the way to get rid of those feelings. Sometimes you can't out logic your own just like anxiety spirals or negative self-talk. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. And speaking of self-talk, one thing that's been really important for me in working on my own self-esteem and how I think about myself is reminding myself to talk to me like I would a friend because I, I I mean, Caroline can attest, I, I am the meanest person to myself. And I and I realize that I when I say those things and even think those things about myself and undercut what I'm thinking and doing and saying that I'm really internalizing all of those negative messages. Um, so even just starting with that self-talk is has been really helpful um, for me. Is there anything, Caroline, that's been helpful for you in this area? Okay, this is going to sound like cheesy and like I'm just saying this, but I promise I'm not just saying this. Um, one of the side effects of Kristen and me building the community that we have around our show and our book and all of that good stuff Um is honestly like the incredible listeners who write in. And so being part of a community where people are A, talking about it, and B, encouraging one another to like 
get it out there and maybe bounce it off someone who's like, you know what, like I've been there and, you know, maybe you'll feel better tomorrow. Is there anything in particular around around these um, kinds of self-confidence issues more specific? Um, no, it's just like, you know, as a, you know, professional in my work, like I find when it comes to sometimes certain situations where I'm challenged by other coworkers or um, individuals, I struggle with um, maintaining that confidence as I would if I'm sitting at my computer writing curricula, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Can I ask what, what line of work you're in? Oh, sure. Um, so I work for um, a university. I used to be in Kentucky. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, and I do uh, violence prevention programming for sexual violence, dating, intimate partner violence, and stalking. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for your work. One thing that I repeat to myself um, is anxiety lies um, and depression lies, too. But, like, for me, a lot of the time, my anxiety convinces me that things are worse than they are, that things are more dangerous or threatening um, than they are, or simply that I am the center of more negative attention than I am. Yeah. Similarly, a go-to uh, kind of mantra of mine is feelings are not facts. Mm -hmm. I hope that helps, Becca. Oh. No, it does help, and, you know, it helps just, uh, you know, talking about it, which is sort of like you said, naming it, addressing it, that sort of thing. So it, it does help. This was the highlight of probably my my year of my life. <laughs> well, we appreciate your support. We love talking to you. Yeah, thanks. Have a good day. You, you too. Oh, Caroline, you know, if only there were some magical way to just maintain pristine self-esteem mm. all the time. Oh, yeah. But it's tough, you know? It is. And honestly, it's something I'm still working on every day. Oh, same. Now, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll hear from some old friends, some new friends, and some friends with secrets. Ooh. Don't go away. We're back. And Caroline, one of my favorite things about opening up the Unladylike hotline was hearing just like all of the diverse and badass things that unladies are up to. Like we heard from one caller, Maddie, who's in the Marine Corps and wants to smash the military patriarchy. Hell yes. And Ivy, who's in Idaho working to end child marriage, which, yeah, y'all, that's technically still legal in 48 states. And we heard from Felina, who's a zookeeper and works with primates. And y'all know we love some women in STEM. <laughs> One call, though, that particularly tickled us was from a past Unladylike guest. She was featured on episode six, How to Be a Mormon Feminist. And she's currently a lawyer working to win Congress over on one of our favorite pieces of legislation, the Equal Rights Amendment. All right. Next up, we're going to hear from Kate. Kate, thanks so much for calling into Unladylike. Hi there. How are you? We are good. How are you? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I called in because there have been some really cool updates on the Equal Rights Amendment, and I wanted to tell you about them. Oh, my God. Is this, is this, one, is this one Kate Kelly? This is the one and only Kate Kelly. 
Hey, Kate. Hey. hey. You have good news about the ERA? Yeah. Woo-woo. All woo. right. Please tell. Um, this past Tuesday, there was the first congressional hearing in 36 years on the Equal Rights Amendment. So the Judiciary Committee, uh, Subcommittee on the Constitution, held an official hearing in Congress on the Equal Rights Amendment, specifically on the deadline removal issue. So it was just like this big moment, and ERA advocates from all over the country flew in. Including you? Were you there? Including me. I was there, yeah. It was really, really great and super exciting to see it finally, finally, finally getting attention in Congress. Well, thanks so much for calling in with some exciting ERA news. Yay, ERA now, ERA forever. (laughs) Yes. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Bye. 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 All right, next on the line, we have Liza, who, Liza, you have been on hold for 40 minutes, and I just want to give you all of the unladylike gold stars for hanging in there on the line. Thank you so much for calling in. That's that's perfectly fine. Um, I was just going to say thank you for taking my call, and I feel like my issues are almost immature, (laughs) but... uh, all the same, still. I have some pent-up anger about being a lady. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I think it stems from the fact that I've always been pretty sporty. You know, when I was six, I was teaching all the eight, nine-year-old boys in our yard how to climb trees. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm into rock climbing, kickboxing, backcountry snowboarding, that stuff. And just the physiology of being a female, it kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> we're the weaker sex. We have periods. We have, we have to go through childbirth. It just it makes me so angry all the time, and I want to let go of that because I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, I want to be a lady, but I also don't want to be mad about being a lady. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you think particularly um, sparks that anger? Is it the sense that we're saddled with these, you know, <laughs> bleeding weak bodies, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I'm on a, an IUD right now, so the world is amazing now. But yeah, before that, I, I felt like I was going through this week of hell all the time. And I didn't, it didn't seem fair to me, I guess, you know, in comparison to guys who just get to just, you know, stroll along every day. <laughs> uh, so it just doesn't seem fair that we have to do that. <laughs> well, I think you're I think you're absolutely on to something in terms of like it's it's not just your own internal frustrations with like a lady bod. Uh it's also the factor of like no one has really put a lot of work behind like let's fix uh, let's find a better way of addressing like pain that comes with endometriosis or let's figure out right. how, why and how we can stop women from having more migraines, things like that. And so I, I hear you. I hear you. And it's funny because you, you've you already taken away one little bit of advice I would have provided because you're like, oh, my body, my body is like betraying me sometimes. And my, my <laughs> advice, my advice there like would have been uh move it you know like get outside and like be strong and be sporty but you already are yeah and i think i think that um something to do with that anger rather than internalizing that um 
directing it to the source, which is patriarchy. (laughs) And even if we're just talking, you know, about the clitoris, that um, (laughs) medical science has been measuring penises since the 1800s, whereas the first uh, full image of the entire external and internal clitoris was not revealed until 2005. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, what? Yeah. Like, we think clitoris and we just think of, like, whatever that little, like, pencil eraser is that you can see. <laughs> um, when, in fact, there's, like, this whole other structure in, in your pelvis. Um, so we still just have, like, a lot of catching up to do. And honestly, I think that anger and talking about it and getting loud about it is the only way that those kinds of things are going to change. And as for the annoyance of periods and the pain of pregnancy, on the flip side, you are making human life, which is pretty badass. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And also, I will say that um, uh, penises and testicles seem like they could be real inconveniences too, especially in the hot summer days. (laughs) That is true. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Liza, I um, hope uh, I hope this has been helpful. Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. I have. I guess I just no one I talk to ever understands what I feel. I guess you know, like I. I feel like I'm stuck on something that like a twelve year old's like. What? What's, what? Yeah. Is what is this? You keep saying you have immature. Immature issues, and we, we're not buying that. What what's what's the thing that you feel like is too immature? I just no one talks about this, and you know everyone just accepts it. Like, oh, it's like the miracle of life, and I'm like, but do you know what goes into that? Like monthly periods and birth, and like, so that's what I feel is kind of immature of me. Well, I don't think it's immature. I think it's just poor wording on our part. And so let's just like ditch the cliche of the miracle of life and call it, you know, the the hard badass work of creating life um, and just acknowledge the fact that, that you know, it, it ta- is work. It takes a lot to to make that happen. That is. I love that. Yeah. Badass sounds a lot better. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in, Liza. It was fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Have a good day, guys. All right, next up, we've got Jamie on the line. Jamie, thanks so much for calling in to Unladylike. How's it going? Hey. Yeah, my question um, is our concern not lately been on my mind. I am currently trying to navigate um, having morning sickness in a corporate setting. Oh. <laughs> and it's been quite a learning experience. Luckily, I haven't, like, thrown up at work, but I, I'll definitely, like, go into a moment where I'm like, oh, no, I don't have to tell everyone because I'm going to, like, throw up everywhere in this meeting. <laughs> yeah. What's, so yeah. what's concerning you about about morning sickness at work? Are, have you Do people at work not know that you're pregnant? Or, I mean, obviously, it'd be awkward if you just, you know, threw up in the conference room. You don't <laughs> want that. But, <laughs> but aside from the messiness of it, um, what's, the, what's kind of the deeper concern? Honestly, it's not even the nausea, but so much of the fatigue of knowing that I can't go at, like, the same pace that I was. 
Um, and even like outside of work, like, you know, canceling plans with friends and not and, like having it still be in like our culture of like, oh, should I tell? Should I not tell? It's pretty early. And, and it can be like pretty isolating to just mm. be like, oh, um, I may not make this deadline and I'm not sure if I can tell you why. You know? <laughs> so. That's such a good question. And um, I have friends who have, so I've never, I've never been pregnant. I haven't had kids. Um, but my, a number of girlfriends of mine are starting to have their first kids. And I have noticed, and I've tried to not take it personally and feel left out. Um, but for some of them, when they're in the phase that you're in, where they're not ready to tell folks, including me, um, they, (laughs) they have, talked to a friend who is a mom to just kind of have someone else there to like tell them the news, tell them where they're at, where it's not like you're not updating your Facebook status and letting the whole world in on it, but honestly just kind of starting to build your support network. Um, Because another thing is with, with the fatigue that you're experiencing now, it honestly could be a good time to start working on boundary setting that you're going to need mm-hmm. when you have the the kid. Yeah, and as for like the friend thing and and you know worrying about canceling plans, um ha- maybe you could have people over instead. You know, maybe suggest to folks one night like, you know, I really <laughs> you know, you don't have to disclose like why. It's perfectly okay to say you're tired <laughs> or just like beat after a long week and just say, you know, I really don't want to go to that show or go to that restaurant that's really noisy. I'd much rather like we all just kind of hang out and have snacks around the coffee table. Um, you think they'd be down? Yeah, I have had one friend over for like tea. <laughs> I'm sure they thought I was kind of lame, but I'm, I'm, they're my friends, so I'm fine. And that's a good advice, too, to talk to a mom about it. Because I have, I talked to, like, some people, but, yeah, I haven't opened up the circle of talking about other mom friends that I have. All Great. right, Jamie. Well, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. All right. Up next, we have Craig. Craig, hello. Thank you for calling on Ladylike. Hi. How are you guys? We're good. Great. How are you? Oh. I'm at work right now, and I probably shouldn't be, um, <laughs> but here I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's very unladylike of you, Craig. Well, you know what? I was never one for being told how to act. <laughs> um, okay, so my question is, I, um, I'm a fan of, like, having a diversified vocabulary, so my question is, because I rather do like the word claptrap, I was curious if there was a story behind how you guys settled <laughs> on to unpacking the claptrap. Yeah. Basically, we were like, what's another word for bullshit, yeah. to be honest? Like, yeah. we, we don't want to say, like, here's the <laughs> bullshit segment. <laughs> so, yeah, it was claptrap, honestly, was us searching for a synonym to bullshit. Yeah, like, okay, so it can't be figure out the fucking bullshit. Uh, we were like, claptrap, clap all this claptrap. Because, like, the the traditional old school, like, definition of claptrap is something that maybe it's cheesy, maybe it's stupid, maybe it's camp or dramatic, but it's, like, done to attract applause and attention. It is an absurd or nonsensical, Mm -hmm. it's absurd or nonsensical talk or ideas. Yeah, and so we just wanted to 
expand fancy bullshit, if you will. Yes, fancy bullshit. <laughs> fancy bullshit. Oh my god, Craig, <laughs> you said it best. Fancy bullshit. Um, okay. But we also now uh, claptrap. We also now um, off mic. Just like to call it the clam tram. I don't know. It, we just have fun with it. <laughs> Good to know. Um, yeah. No. Thank you. I just uh, been listening for a bit, and I. I've always really actually liked the word claptrap, so I just wanted to know what, like, okay, how does one come across to that decision? Because I don't hear that spoken in uh, my regular conversation. <laughs> so that's good to know. I think yeah. it's indicative, too, of how, how much time Kristen and I spend together that we were like, yes, absolutely, claptrap, we agree. Yeah, <laughs> but fancy bullshit puts it perfectly. <laughs> so th- thanks for calling in, Craig. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Bye. Listen, the short version is, Craig, Kristen and I are nerds, and that's why we picked the word claptrap. Yeah, yeah. And we do have more info on that word and what some of y'all thought that it meant in an old bonus episode of Unladylike called How to Define Claptrap. So you can check that out on Stitcher Premium if you're craving more claptrap knowledge and also how could you not be? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so next up, we're going to hear from a caller who's just been through a breakup. And one who's in a friendship debacle. Will we help them? Y'all be the judge after the break. We're back taking your calls on work, life, and love. Well, Caroline, let's hop back on the hotline. All right, we've got DJ on the line. DJ's been waiting patiently. Hello, DJ. Welcome to Unladylike. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Caroline. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so my question is, it kind of just has a quick backstory. Um, I got into social work. Um, I'm actually graduating in a few weeks with for my master's. And before that, I started a relationship. And as I came up to um, getting my license, I kind of hit a point where I was like, this relationship isn't making me happy anymore. and We weren't making each other happy. Um, I'm kind of trying to balance professionally, uh, bouncing back because I'm trying to look for jobs. You know, I kind of just feel super vulnerable, like falling apart in my car while I'm going to school to like try to help something that I really feel passionate about. So do you have any advice on how to like, you know, take care of yourself and like kind of rebuild your self-esteem and like find out who you are after a breakup. Oof. That is so real. That is real. Um, yeah. Well, I will tell you, you know, this is taking me back to, uh, this is not advice. It's just some empathy. This is taking me back to a, a horrible breakup that I, that I went through, which I feel like these things always happen when, things are professionally kind of <laughs> ramping up and going well, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, of course it can't all work out. <laughs> Have you seen the Devil Wars Prada? There was like this one where Stanley Tucci goes like, oh, you know, if your life's falling apart, you're due for a promotion. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> true. And I'm like here and I'm like, was it true? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, I definitely had those those days, um, weeks of being on yeah. my way to work to I, I had actually landed a project that I'd really been gunning for 
But then, like, right as soon as that happened, I got dumped by a guy who was cheating on me. And it was just this whole, Uh it was so humiliating. And I just found myself, I I would just weep on the way to work. So first (laughs) of all, I think that you have to um, give yourself the time and space to feel those feels Mm -hmm. and accept that that's okay. Um, I think that is step one. Yeah, I one okay. A one I, A. Uh, I remember going through a breakup, and I didn't cry like in the car, like on the train. But I, I definitely would like just get in the shower. <laughs> shower crying yeah. is probably one of my favorite things ever because like you're already wet, just like it all blends together. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice. Um, that's not advice though on how to like get your shit together. Well, I think too. One one thing that uh, that I really had to work on, and for a long time, um, and with the help of a therapist, to be honest, was forgiving myself mm-hmm. um, for investing the time, investing the emotional energy, investing everything into this person that I felt like ultimately wasted all of that. Um, and, and also kind of use it as a way of cutting through knowing what you do and you don't like and what you do and you don't need from relationships and take that to whatever the next thing might be. And, uh, I have a recommendation and you can, you can change it however you want. So years ago I went through a breakup and, I found myself with a lot of extra time. And uh, (laughs) I was like, I'm going to lose my mind if I or just like get way too drunk all the time. Right. So it's like I better I better do something productive. So in my mid 20s, I found myself suddenly single and I decided to learn how to play the piano. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's actually really funny because I I do play the piano. (laughs) Oh, we'll see. So like either, you know, you could like throw yourself into the piano and become like a concert pianist yeah. or or pick up a whole new skill who knows like knitting or maybe something active like dodgeball yeah. or you know kickball or something who knows my goal is um to actually uh do self-defense once i have enough money nice. in, like being able to like actually kick butt yes getting like allowing yourself to get aggro yeah 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 <laughs> And if you're short on cash, let me tell you, um, YouTube has – I do YouTube yoga all the time, um, and there are all sorts of, uh, like, fitness, like, whatever kind of exercise stuff. So even if, you know, you're saving up your money to be able to go to class, like – YouTube is uh, for for all of its horrible corners. It also has a lot of wonderful uh, yoga with Adrian. Check that out. I will. Thank you. Well, I hope that helps, DJ. And um, that, did. that really did. Thank you. Good. Thanks good. for calling. Thank you so much for having this. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right, we have Michaela up next. Hi, Kristen and Caroline. Hello. Hi. What's on your mind today, Michaela? So I called in because a while ago I sent an email to you guys um, thanking you for writing an episode about women in anthropology because it helped me discover anthropology, which is my was my college major. Yes, I remember your email. Yes. So I wanted to say thank you in more in person, I guess. And I was also wondering, um, 
if you guys had any women that you sort of looked to when you were getting into journalism that really inspired you? Hmm. I was never someone who, like, looked to particular journalists or reporters or anything for, like, who is role modeling this path. I really, really, really looked up to a friend of mine named Deepa, who I worked at the college newspaper with. And we also eventually became roommates. But she was such a badass. And she was such like a kick-ass killer editor and someone who could go from being laughy, jokey, drinking at the bar to being all business all the time at the newspaper. And she's just brilliant. And so... That's something, too, of, like, look around you at who your peers are and if anybody's doing anything really rad or just doing something really well. I think it can be fun and really productive and awesome to look for role models among people, like, on your own level who are doing cool things. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, awesome. I'm, I'm, I love, I love that you're in anthropology. I, uh, I'm so jealous. Well, thanks so much, Michaela, for calling in. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Have a great day. You You too. too. All right. We've got Bianca on the line. She's our final caller. It's Bianca Bianca. is here. Hey, Bianca. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Who knew you'd get a musical introduction? I know. This is kind of amazing to hear you guys saying my name and singing (laughs) it nonetheless. (laughs) Um, cool. Well, I have a story for you guys that also kind of leads into a piece of advice that I'm hoping to get, but it's, it all kind of started after I listened to your, um, brutally honest BFS, um, episode. And I have a best friend from college, um, who we tell every, we share everything, talk frequently, text frequently, email all the time, visit. We live on opposite sides of the country, but we make time for each other. Um, and she got married just about two years ago and was telling me all about prepping for her wedding, everything. And then I realized I'm actually not one of the bridesmaids. Like she was posting pictures of hanging out with um, some of her other really good friends um, and was just really, really surprised because I had just gotten engaged and was also planning on having her in my wedding. And I have not talked to her about it at all since that I found out that happened. I went to her, like, small 80-person wedding, was sitting kind of in the, you know, in the audience. Um, and it feels like it's changed our friendship since um, I found that out. And we don't have, like, a brutally honest friendship in the way that it was described in the episode, but we have a really open friendship And I'm usually a pretty open person. I'm just having a really hard time figuring out how to talk to her about this without feeling like it's going to change the dynamics of our friendship or, yeah, make anybody feel awkward. I want to be really understanding, but I also, like, still am carrying a lot of hurt from it. So do you have any advice? Yeah. Um, So my first question is how, how large was the wedding party? She had four bridesmaids. So pretty small, a pretty small wedding, mm-hmm. really small. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I was on kind of her side of this when um, I was getting married, and I was really, I was really nervous about the girlfriends in my life who I love and I cherish, who just simply because of space, uh, like I, I could not ask to be bridesmaids, um, and. I know that for one of them in particular, um, she was upset by it. Um, 
And we were able to talk about it, uh, but it didn't, I will say that it didn't go very well because she, she took it so personally and made it so much about her that I was like, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, my spouse and me and we were, you know, doing this wedding. Okay. Um, and so I think that it sounds like your friendship is one where you can just be honest with her that you are just simply you're feeling conflicted even about having the feelings it sounds like and just kind of sharing sharing that with her in um a disarming way of saying you know like your wedding was beautiful and i'm so happy for you um but i just want to ask you about the bridesmaids thing not because I'm angry, but because, like, I just want to understand it and I want to get over it. And sort of appeal to her in that way and appeal to your friendship. And I think that you all can talk about it, hopefully, and um, and maybe get some closure on it. Does that sound maybe mm-hmm. like something that could happen? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely It sounds really reasonable. Um, and even since then, we have spent a lot of time together, have I, I know she cares about me and she treats me as um, one of her closest friends, which ultimately matters way more than me being in her wedding necessarily. But, um, but yeah, so hopefully in the context of the fact that like we've still been really close, um, it wouldn't feel quite as hard to have the conversation. So I think that's very good advice. And you know what, what you just said, that is exactly the thing that you lead with, you know, and just being emotionally mm-hmm. honest with her. And it can also even bring you closer, just exercising that kind mm-hmm. of honesty. So I think that, I think y'all are going to make it through. <laughs> I really hope so. And I'm really looking forward to being on the other side of it because I did not realize how much of a weight it was bearing until I kind of heard that episode and realized like, wow, I really wish I had a brutally honest conversation with her about it because I feel like she's the friend I would want to have that relationship with. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, even though it's scary. (laughs) You can do it, Bianca. If you can plan a wedding, you can definitely have this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank thank you, you. Bianca. All right. bye. 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 And that... Is a live show. We are sorry, but the show has ended. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Caroline, I gotta say, uh, this was truly so much fun. I know I've already said that, but really it was because as much as I love talking to you, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a cool experience to get to talk directly to listeners because we hear from y'all every day on like Instagram or Facebook or emails but actually getting that one-to-one conversation was just such a neat experience and the fact that y'all just so casually drop information about the amazing things you're doing I I love our unladies yeah just further confirmation that unladylike listeners are the best listeners and that is an empirical fact Um, hashtag science Thanks for calling. And if you really like this episode and would like us to do another call-in, or if there's a particular call-in theme Mm. that you'd be super into, let us know. Y'all know how to get in touch with us, right? 
Well, if you don't, you can email us at hello at unladylike.co or find us on all the socials at Unladylike Media. And go to unladylike.co to find our merch, which is on sale through the month of July. All you need to do is use the code HOT50 for 50% off. Get it. And you can sign up for our newsletter there where you'll get good news about women in the world delivered to your inboxes every Wednesday. Abigail Keel is the senior producer of Unladylike. Nora Ritchie is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Ash Sanders transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing, sound design, and additional music is by Casey Holford. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Daisy Rosario. Special thanks to Jared O'Connell and Casey Holford for helping us get our hotline up and running and to all y'all who called in. And we are your hosts, Caroline Irvin and Kristen Conger. Next week... A woman walks into a job daring to wear flats, and then she's sent home for refusing to buy heels to work in. So I was like, okay, this is bullshit. I'm going to change the law. Find out what happens when our guest Nicola kicks off her heels and starts a shoevolution. I love that play on words. Make sure you're subscribed to Unladylike so you don't miss this episode. Find us in Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to pods. And remember, got a problem? Get Unladylike. Hold on, I'm stepping outside real quick. I'm on lunch. (laughs) (laughs) What are, you, what are you having for lunch? Probably soup or something. <laughs> All right, go get your soup. Yeah, enjoy your lunch. Stitcher. I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects, and I have to go in there and find ten. So we open a drawer here. And there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Now Prince donated this <gasps> guitar. I'm Asif Manvi and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff. Fonzie's jacket right. worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days. There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.